Get your get your spirits all set to receive, because I'm telling you, you're in for a treat. And if you would please welcome and honor Misha Kazada. Hi, guys. All right. So let's see if this is working. Oh, I got it. Okay. So I was praying about what to speak about tonight, and I kind of had this idea of what I was going to talk about, um, and all of a sudden God was like, no, we're going to change it up a little, and so he said to talk about trust, and I don't know about you guys, but trust is one of those things that I've always kind of had a hard time with. Um, It's scary, and it means vulnerability, and... It's been a long process of trying to get to there with God. And um, so I decided to kind of go back through some journals and go back through this journey that I've been on with God and kind of share that with all of you. And so, yeah. Um, Trust for me, a couple of years ago, I went through a season where Um, I had had a lot of words that I had kind of focused on and a lot of promises that I thought were there. And within two years, all of them completely fell apart. And it was facing this idea of, God, are you real? And if you are real, do I not hear you? And if I don't hear you, then I'm doing something wrong. And from that point on, it was this mindset of, I have to be perfect in order to get to God. And so I was trying over and over, like, hey, I got to work hard. Like, I was working with Todd and Karina, and it was always like, what else can I do? What else can I do? Like, let me serve. Let me do this. Let me do this. What am I doing wrong? Tell me how I can grow. And they would just sit there and be like, we love you. Like, you're fine. Just be you. And so through seeing that, I started seeing God more and more of being like someone who's there for me and someone that I can trust. And um, I usually feel God through encounters. Growing up, I used to have a lot of dreams um, where I would picture God as this loving father, and I would run to him, and we'd be in this garden, and um, he would just, I could feel his love, or I would be walking and um, would see butterflies and instantly feel like God was thinking of me. And that was just kind of growing up how I had seen it, but then I had also seen a lot of the nightmares and a lot of the bad stuff, and so it was like clinging on to those memories of what I had of God, and then last year, a lot of the emotional side stopped, and I went numb, and I realized that part of trusting God is that you need foundation, and that the encounters are great, and they're awesome to hold on to, but there's so much grounding found in the word that if you can obtain that, the encounters come from that. And that when you're in those places of sitting there being like, God, are you real at all? You can look into the word and just declare that over and over on yourself. And it really does strengthen. Like, I grew up in Christian school, so I had to memorize all the verses. And I was like, oh, this does nothing. Like, I'm so tired of this book. And then I started just being like, God, I need you right now because I don't feel you at all. And I know you're real because I've experienced it, but 
do something. And I had to go back to that book and I had to look back at those verses and be like, just declare that over my life. And so the first one that I have is Proverbs 3, 1 through 6. Um, these pictures are actually done by one of our youth kids real quick, just a little, and they're Jake Johnson, who's back there. Um, he's amazing. And let me use his pictures. So I said, I would say thank you. And just, he's a Bethel right now. And so if you guys like the pictures, go on a drop of, drop of light photography. There you go. Okay, so Proverbs 3, 1 through 6. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Um, lean not onto your own understanding. (laughs) There's supposed to be a T there that I forgot. But not on your own understanding is I very much overanalyze everything. Like, I don't know if any of you are like that, but even coming up here, I was like, hey, I need, like, this plan, and I need it to look a certain way. And God was like, no, like, I have the words, and that's all that matters. And, oh, it's, it's so hard, <laughs> and it's so scary, but I don't know. When you're trusting him, it's like you feel free to fly, and you actually get to experience new things in life that you never would have before. And um, I went on a trip to Rwanda. I did two years of Bethel, and I did a ministry there where we worked with genocide survivors, and we went to the red light district, and Um, passed out flowers and bracelets to the prostitutes on the streets. And I hadn't originally wanted to go to Africa, but there was just something on it, and verses kept coming up for me over it. And so I went, and this verse really carried me through it of being like, okay, God, I don't understand why I'm here. I don't understand how you're going to do this. I have extreme... I had extreme anxiety. It's gotten a lot better, actually, like to the point where I'm up here today. So, <laughs> woo! but um, I had anxiety and I had major stomach issues. And so Africa was like, there's no hospital. Um, I'm on the streets where I can't just go into my own corner and kind of de-stress. And here we go. And I didn't understand why I was there, but he did. And that one trip completely changed my life. And if I would have tried to control it in any way, I realized control is where anxiety comes from because you're trying to take everything that isn't yours and you're carrying it on your own shoulders and it's really heavy and it's not supposed to be yours. God said that. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so if you're carrying a load that feels like it weighs a 1,000 pounds, it's probably not from him. Let's see what's next. Ah, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Um, I'm gonna just read. I don't know if you can see that very well. It's for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. 
You will seek me and find me when the you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Um, this verse I started getting right when I graduated high school a lot, and it was everywhere, and which is common in graduations, but I mean, I'd be walking somewhere and on a license plate would see 2911 and just know this is what it was. And um, I did like a quick study on it, and I like went back to the beginning of the first verses and stuff. And one thing that I hadn't realized for the first few years that I was reading it is that when this promise came, they were still in exile for many years after. And so it made me think like, how many times are we sitting in a place where we hear that God has plans for us and we're not seeing immediately, and so the trust is just gone because it's like, okay, you're not here, like poof, where's the fairy godmother who's going to make everything better? And in this place, like, they had to hang on to those promises. Or Joseph in jail. He was sitting there in a pit. I mean, I've never been in, like, a pit for that long. I've never been in a pit, period, because that would freak me out. Let's be honest. But, like, he's sitting there, and he was told that people are going to bow down to him, and he's in jail. And then he has people who say, when I get out of here, after you've declared my destiny over me and I've seen it reached, I'm going to get you out. And they forgot about him. Like, it wasn't like, oh, like God's leaving you down there even longer. It's like, no, they just forgot to tell the king. But God has such perfect timing. And I'm picturing him down there and the guards, he has favor with them. And if he was sitting there moping and being just, God, you're not here, you're not real, and just sunk down, like, I... I feel like he was down there still praising God. And when I read it, I see God out there just loving him so much. And even if where you're at in the very moment isn't where you want to be, it doesn't mean it's over for you, and it doesn't mean that's the end or that's where you're going to be stuck. Okay, so I'm a psych major, (laughs) and um, my focus is kids and adolescence, and so I was sitting in class, and we're learning about the visual cliff, and what they did is they took a baby, and at first they were testing um, a baby's depth perception, so as you can see here, um, there's the table, and where the baby's hand is, it's still a glass table, but they put it so that it looks like it's a giant fall, when really it isn't, Um and so the next step that James Source did is he wanted to test to see, because babies won't cross that line, most of them. There's a few who will, but for the most part, they see the depth and they know in their mind, like, don't go that distant because you're going to fall. So James tested to see how um, a parent interaction would change that. And so he found that if the parent was sitting on the other side of the table and was smiling and was encouraging the baby, almost, I think it was 9 out of 10 of the babies would actually cross that glass. And it was this idea of this secure parenting where they knew they could trust their parent, and if their parent showed that it was okay, then they would take those steps. Whereas um, when they had parents sitting there with fear on their face who acted like they were scared, were shaking, the baby wouldn't cross or would be extremely hesitant. And so I'm sitting in class, and it just God started speaking to me about how, how do we see God? And how do we see him reacting to us? Do we see him as a father who's sitting there 
with a stern look on his face, who's freaked out that we're going to make the wrong step. And honestly, that's how I saw God. I constantly was like, okay, he loves me and I know that, but if I mess up, I'm done. And I constantly was on this like balance beam of like, oh, oh, okay, wait, God, are you there? Are you there? Yes. Okay. Is this okay? Yes. Okay. How about now? And then I would go crazy after like three months of that and just be like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Like, I don't care anymore. And you can't handle that. Like, we're not supposed to. But if you see God as this loving father who is there to support you and is there to catch you, like, what decisions would you make differently? Like, how much more would you have faith in yourself? Because he created you. Like, he put peace onto you to lead you. And he put the Holy Spirit inside of you to guide you. And if you're trusting that you're going to hear from him, like, it really makes a difference. One person that kind of always made me laugh is... um actually a bunch of people, but I think through school this year, um, I had to kind of re-examine how I saw God because I had a really tough year in like Bible class and just everything I believed in was gone and it was like starting over. And so we were going through the New Testament and I started seeing Jesus in a totally different way because over and over again, these people are coming to him. They're running after him. They're falling at his feet. And if God always had this, like, horrible look on his face, like, I don't think they would do that. I don't think these women would be breaking the barriers to get to Jesus, to kneel at his feet, to wash his feet with their hair, to beg him to heal their children. And then I started thinking about the Pharisees, and to me, the Pharisees looked like they were expecting a very religious God who was going to come in, destroy the Romans, take over and lead the way or whatever they were looking for. And it's like he was right in front of them and they never saw him. But the people that were were the ones that were willing to fall at his feet and know that they could ask for things. The woman who um, – I have the verse somewhere in here. I'll find it in a minute. But the woman who sat there and said even the – Jesus responded to her and was like, um, you know, this food is for the Gentiles and, like, you know, who gives food to the dogs first? And she was like, well, even the dogs get the crumbs from the table. Like, just going that extra mile and knowing that she could, like, that's ah, kind of scary to me. But, like, I don't know. It's just, are we seeing God the way he's supposed to be seen? Like, we hear God is love, but do we really take that? And what do we do with it? And if we fully believed he's a father, how far can we go in life? And how much will we go after our dreams and go after our destinies? I found this picture, and I loved it because this is how I want to see Jesus. I see a child who is completely safe with him, and kids don't normally react like that if the person's unsafe, like especially if it's a stranger. And I see a butterfly who's landing on his finger, which to me reminds me of like Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, like all the princesses who like the animals just flock. So I'm like, obviously that's safe. (laughs) 
Yeah. And I don't know. And in a garden, it's just a safe place. The child isn't having to look around. He isn't having to look at what's going on around him. And I remember part of the journey of getting rid of my anxiety, someone had told me that a lot of times we see our depth perception is what's wrong. We see this giant truck in front of us, and really it's a thousand miles away. But because we're only focusing on the truck, that's what we see, even though we have this giant transformer standing next to us who won't let the truck hit us at all. But if you're not looking at the transformer, you're going to feel like the car is going to kill you. So it's like turning your gaze and seeing Jesus. Dream big. So destiny and dreaming and we're coming into the new year and it's almost 2015, which is really, really weird for me because I'm not a big fan of change. And every year I'm like, oh no, here we go. Like one more year gone, one more year coming. And I heard God say, like, it's time to let go and have fun. And it's time to reawaken those things that we've put away because we were afraid to look at them. And it's time to grab onto those plans and purposes of your life. And it's time to sit there and be like, God, what do you have for me? And to take the huge dreams and write them down and be like, God, what can I practically do now? Because sometimes there's steps that we have to take in order to get to those huge dreams. And we might not be there in the moment, but it could be as simple as just writing down who God is to you or going out and getting used to sharing God's word with someone or for me I have to um push myself to when I'm out in public um actually focus on the person in front of me and try being nice (laughs) and not try to be nice but (laughs) I mean sometimes when it's stressful but to sit there and find the golden people because that's something that if you can find the golden people and see who God has or what God has for them and who he's created them to be, it changes your entire perspective of that person and that interaction. If you're sitting there and someone's being horribly cruel to you, but you see, okay, you're supposed to have peace, and then you're just like, God, I don't feel it, but you do, so pour it on them. Like It really changes atmospheres, and it makes a difference. And um, one thing I really felt like God wanted us to do is to not just write out um, what we want to change for this year, but to also write down ways that you want to have fun this year and things that you want to see happen and things that are completely practical and doable and to actually make an effort to do them. At least I remember someone telling me, if you do one thing that you love every week, you will have a better year because... Like, I'm going on a train tomorrow, which I'm super excited about. And, like, to me, that's something that I just love. Like, I love adventures, like, little ones that are, like, somewhat controlled and that I'm not, like, jumping out of an airplane or jumping off a bridge but flying safe and or picking strawberries. I mean, little things like that. But God knows that about you, and he's put that inside of you, and there's a reason that that brings you joy. And if you're constantly feeling like all you have to do is work, 
and you're not letting that joy in, it really changes your perspective, it changes your day, and it changes your life, and it changes how you deal with other people. So, um, I would love for you guys to all just close your eyes, and I'm just going to pray over you, and then we're going to do a little bit of an encounter where I'm just going to have you guys kind of have God speak to you a little bit in your own, because I can only say so much, but he's the one who really wants to talk to you here. So, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your love, God. We just thank you for your goodness and for your peace. And God, right now, if we have any masks put on you that we feel like you are, God, any lies of who we see you to be anything that changes, God, we just ask you right now to break those off, Lord. God, in your name, we just forgive anybody who um, played an unsafe parents role in our lives God God we just bless that person but we just disconnect that leading to the image of who you are God instead we just plug that parental role right into your heart God into your loving trusting heart God, just reveal to us who you really are. So just where you're at, go ahead and ask God or Jesus, Holy Spirit, whichever one you're comfortable with talking to, just say, God, please come to me. Show me who you are. And just ask him, God, what do you have for me for this year? What's a word that I can hold on to? The next 12 months. God, who do you see me to be? you get something in God and open your eyes.
And one thing is, if you guys didn't see anything, it's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. He loves you. I just encourage you to take those and speak them over yourself. Or find verses in the Bible that you like and just declare that over yourself over and over again. Does anybody feel like sharing what they got quickly? No? Yeah? <laughs> oh, come on out. So brave. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Um, so the first picture I got, um, and I've never seen God this way. I mean, I always knew in my head that this is possible, but, uh, Papa was showing me, it's kind of like the entire universe is a haze, kind of like this, but it was like, um, smaller than his hand and he was like showing me. And then I guess he just wanted me to really to just reinforce how big he was um and then he told me um for this year um faith courage and breakthrough those are the three words um for for this year that's um um because i've i've um i often ask god like god um i want more faith i want to see more um, and I feel like that is an answer to prayer. It's like, he, you know, he's been listening to my prayers. So I was very, very encouraged. Yeah, yeah. Does anyone else want to share? Oh, Joanna. Oh. One of our amazing youth. I uh, well, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to scare anyone. Um, the only thing that I really feel like sharing is uh, for the next year coming. It was I got this exact sentence: "You will be the light in someone's darkness." So that's so good. that girl um all right well if no one else wants to share oh come on down both of you Anthony it's a little personal so bear with me um I will just share the one part where I felt God told me what he wanted for me this year. What I felt he told me was to be more fun and outgoing. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to, well, I used to like, I had a real wild sense of humor. But then, uh, especially come middle school, I got mocked a lot for it. Uh, a lot of kids didn't really understand my sense of humor. And 
they thought I was really dumb or whatever. Uh, so eventually, especially coming college, I just went total 180 and just went all intellectual, no fun. Shandy was like, eventually was like, you know, how come you don't like having fun? I'm like, because I'm not like that. Uh, and then the Lord's slowly been trying to get that out of me, but it's taken a long time. And the outgoing part, well, goes with it. So, pretty much it. Thank you for sharing. Okay, I, I'm going to share because I think maybe the, uh, mine mine was different in that. And that I wasn't hearing stuff. And um, I just want to share with you that I'm okay about that. But um, because I trust that, he, you know, I'll hear something more later because we have a thing going on. Uh, but there's also two two interesting things. Like I, I know for a fact that while I was trying to hear, I also, my, my mind was kept going off, um, going toward one person. Uh, so I thought, so I thought maybe I'm supposed to pray for him or something, you know. Um, but I, but so in, so for me, I just thought I'm just distracted, you know. Todd, focus, and um, I just kept thinking about this person. And then, um, then at the last question that you had, I was really trying to get my mind off this other person, and um, and I, I still didn't hear God say anything except I saw the weirdest picture of a boat. And me on it, and Santa Claus was like, um, Santa Claus was was actually the the mast, or is that the mast, the edge, the it was like a you know, like a boat that had Santa on it, and um, I don't even know. I'm gonna explore that later and see if that was actually him answering this, and what that might mean, you know. But the longer I sat here, and I was a little discouraged that um, I'm sh- I'm sharing all this because 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 we all think different, you know, and sometimes. There's a little, there's something, anyway, uh, the per, the person that I kept thinking about, um, I thought, oh, okay, I'm just going to pray for him. Um, uh, then I started realizing that, um, I had a really fun day with this guy this summer and, um, like one of the funnest days of my life. And, uh, and it was bringing out the kid in me and it was a carefree, super carefree time. And, um, and then I, then I realized maybe God's just trying to show me more of that. You know, for me. So there could be, if if you feel like you didn't get anything, just explore it a little deeper. You know. So. Thank you. Um, I had been working on, or not working, like trying to really work, work on um, just making myself better. Yeah, I didn't go very far with that but um what i felt like i heard was it's time to start coming out of no he said it's time to come out of hiding and the lord had been dealing with me um at work one day this past week he just said you know after a while insecurity is a lot easier than being courageous and and so anyways i'm coming out of hiding maybe this is for somebody else Okay, I'm glad you shared your weird Santa boat because mine is semi-similar. But what the Lord showed me actually relates to a dream that I had maybe like a month ago. Uh, So I'll just share that first so it'll 
it'll kind of tie into this. Um, it's been kind of like a really rough year emotionally for me. So I've, I've been seeking God for a lot of healing. And I had this dream maybe about three weeks ago, a month ago, a month ago. And I was at, I was like in a place, I was, I was in a place of where I go to like meditate and get away from everything. So it was like by the water on, um, like I go to the Marina. I live in Bay Point, Pittsburgh. If you know that I'd go to the Marina and sit by the water and just let, you know, just be with God and soak with God. And so in this dream, I had gone to this place where I always go for refuge and for restoration. And I went by myself. I just wanted to be by myself in this place and hear from God and heal and be there. Because that's how I'm used to healing. I'm used to just going and being with the Lord and healing that way. And I went to that place. And all of a sudden, um, Matthew Gio showed up in his car with a bunch of people. Like Shandy was there and Lizzie and, you know, like the encounter crew, I guess. And they all showed up and, like, piled out of the car and I, like, turned around, and I was like, what are you guys doing here? And they were like, oh, we're going to have a picnic, and we're going to have a, a camp out. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And they were like, you want to come? And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. So I went and just hung out with them the whole day. And, and then I woke up, and it was weird because I was like, okay, God, are you speaking to me through this dream? And so I just sat in my bed and listened, and I felt like the Lord started share, sharing with me. He's like, I want to heal you through friendship. I want to heal you through community. You, you're used to healing this way, but I want you to pay attention to friendships and community because I'm going to bring healing through that. So it's like, okay. So I was sitting <laughs> so I was sitting here asking, what, okay, what do you want to speak over 2015? And this is where Todd, I'm so glad he shared, weirdo Santa Claus. But um, I had a picture of a, a Christmas tree. And God's like, go underneath the tree. And I was like, okay, here we go. So I went, you know, over to this Christmas tree. And there was, like, a big red present with, like, shiny red, you know, packing the paper or whatever with a big golden bow on it. And I was like, cool, awesome. So I open it up, and it's, like, this golden retriever puppy. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is way infantile. Like, I'm, I'm a brat. I'm sorry. So I'm not a big dog person, if you guys maybe you don't know. Um, and I'm like, oh, it's a puppy. I have to take care of it. It poops. I'm not excited. <laughs> That's, like, my attitude. Um and God's like, God's the Holy Spirit is just like, no, like, what are puppies for? What do they do to you? And I was like, oh, they make you happy, and they're a friend, and they're loyal. And as soon as I said friend, the Holy Spirit's like, friend. And I was like, oh, a friend. And the Lord was just like, I'm releasing friendship over you in 2015, and I want you to pay attention to friendship. So it reminded me of the dream. So I just want to, I guess, that's what the Lord gave me, like, God's bringing healing through community. God's bringing healing through friendship. So yay, Jesus! So um, I'm going to pray, and then if the youth want to come up or graduates of Wildfire and give call-out words, I thought we could do that a little bit right before the new year and kind of start it off right. So if you guys want to come on up when I pray, you can start coming up now so that I know someone's coming up. (laughs) Yeah? You want to come on up now? There we go. All right, so I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, we just, God, we just thank you for who you are, God. Um, God, just continue to write on our hearts who you are. Let us see the beauty of your name, the beauty of your face, the beauty of your words, God. Let this be a year that we just find not only who you are, but who we are in your eyes, God. We thank you for the dreams that you can unlock and 
the destinies that you have for us, Lord, and the way that you get us there in the exact timing, God. And then nothing we can do can change the way you love us, God. Amen.